teaching this morning is five works of the Holy Spirit. We uh, <coughs> made a visit this week and uh, the lady and her husband wanted to discuss the Holy Spirit. They had been taught if you have the Holy Spirit, you automatically spoke in tongues. I said, you don't live in the Old Testament, you live in the New Testament. Tongues was did away with. But uh, we had a good visit. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 5, it won't be anything new to most of you, but uh, we want to look at this portion of Scripture. In Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, you know, does not God say that if any man is in Christ, he, he ought to become a new creature. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I think it is important for us to understand, uh, you know, I know I ought to do this and I ought to do that, and professing Christians say that, and it's just like, uh, yeah, it's sure is raining outside with no conviction of God's word at all. God's word tells us, therefore, and the key is therefore. So, Therefore, if I've been born again, therefore, if I'm a new creature in Christ, he said, if any man, and that's mankind, male and female, he is a new creature, the old things are passed away, behold, new things are now in our life, see all things are become new. Verse 18 goes on to say, And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now that I've been reconciled, he, I've been made new. I have new goals, new ideals, new purpose in life then God makes it very clear. And all things are of God who have reconciled us in himself by Jesus Christ and have given us the ministry. In other words, we are to be a instrument in the hands of God to try to reconcile a lost man to a new man that reconcile, that's our job. We can't do it, but we sure can tell them what has happened to us. You know, 
if you were a guy that you got a promotion, everybody in your family, that, you know, you'd probably tell them. And they would say, oh, I'm so proud of you. You deserve it, you know, whatever. But when you has been reconciled to the Lord, do we tell somebody? Do we share that? Let me give you some good news. You don't have to share it verbally. They'll see the difference in what you do, how you respond to everyday life. Now, there are five works of the Holy Spirit. And these five things happened to me, and I believe they have happened to you if you're saved. And if you know these things, then it better equips you to talk to someone that you love or care about. First of all, it's baptism. A new position. First Corinthians chapter 12. Notice with me, please. First Corinthians chapter 12. As we look at this portion of Scripture, and we see what God says. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. God says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink unto that one Spirit. Now, we may have a different view because of our growth. But it's not going to be completely opposite. One spirit saved me. One spirit saved you, led you, guided you, teach you. And the Holy Spirit is not going to teach me one thing and teach you something else. Because of your ability because of your, a lot of things we could mention. Some of us learn quicker than others. Some of us understand quicker than others. But I don't care if I'm the slowest kid in the class. If we're dealing with spirituality, the same spirit that taught that individual who catches on real fast is going to be the same spirit that teaches me, although I may be the lower end, in the ability of learning and being able to become new. So this gives us a new position spiritually. Spiritually, you know. Before God saved me, the only thing that I tied to being saved was you went to church, you know. But I know that my two sisters will remember Mae Morris. She was my Sunday school teacher. But she not only taught Sunday school, but she expressed her desire for us to grow because as you grow in truth, 
and God blesses you in with grace, your lifestyle changes. Your vocabulary changes. Some of the old four-letter words, you don't say them anymore. Why? Because everything about you become new. And as you grow into those gifts, depending on how concentrated you are to the teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. So this gives us a new position spiritually when it's baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about water baptism now. I'm talking about baptism of the Spirit of God. You know, how people ask me from time to time, have you received the Holy Spirit? I've received the Holy Spirit the same time that God saved my unworthy soul. Notice with me, Romans chapter 6. When we look at the word of God and we see in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ was baptized unto his death. Therefore, what's the therefore, therefore. We read it in verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You notice the little word should? I believe, I don't believe, I know God knew that a lot of us wasn't going to catch on to that as quickly as we should have. In other words, we may have been saved many years and then we find out, hey, I'm not sure if my baptism is, is good. I'm not sure that I understand what faith is. We accept things. But as we grow in grace and knowledge, God tells us, you know, therefore we are buried with him, in verse 4, by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's the evidence. There are some evidence. When you get married, there are some things that happen that is evidence that you care about that husband or you care about that wife. There's things in my life that if you know me well that I participate in, that I do, that is a way of life. I don't have to think about it, you know. I don't get up in the morning and say, well, I, should I brush my teeth? I just brush my teeth. Well, why shouldn't that be a part of our day to start our day off with Jesus Christ? 
but we want to make time for him. You know what the devil will do? You'll be super busy all day long. That's why God said here, you know, in the, the book of Romans, what he said in Romans 6, especially the fourth verse, and have been sealed with him in heaven. You know, uh, I got a mention waiting for me in heaven. He said, how do you know that, Brother Vance? Because he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. They are there, but I'd go to prepare a place for you. Now, a lot of people differ with me, and I, you know, it doesn't bother me for them because I believe with everything that I'm right. And if you believe differently, you ought to believe that you're right. But I believe that he's gone to prepare a place for you. There's already many mansions there. But he's gone to prepare a place for his bride. His bride. Oh, it'll make you jump up and down when you think, in fact, hey, I may be in the bride of Christ. And when people say, you act like you're working. I am. I'm working to be in the bride. God took care of the grace to put me in heaven. I'm going to heaven. There's no doubt in the world about that. But you've got to put a special effort to be that chosen of the chosen. God tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Notice with this, this is a sweet verse. Ephesians, when we look at God's word and we see what he says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, God says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are ye saved. When nobody else believes a word you say, when nobody else takes you serious, if God chose you in Christ before the foundation, he's got his hand on you even when you were his enemy. God protected me while I was his enemy. Many of you could testified to that. There were times when, you know, I was in a situation. Now I realize how I got out of that situation. Back then, it was because of what I know and who I know and all that old silliness. But I came out of that situation because I'm a child of the king and he had already chosen me in Christ before he even created this world. He's not going to lose not one of his own. Will not lose not even one of his own. We need to find strength in that. We need to realize what that means. Notice verse 5 in Ephesians chapter uh, 2. Verse 5, he said, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ by grace are he saved. 
even when we were dead. Think about that verse. We expect God to take care of us after he saves us. But God quickened me while I was dead. Because that is something that just takes effect immediately, you know. If you ever was one of those that said, I'll, I'll never get married, then you meet that certain person and you forget you ever said that. Immediately. Your whole view changes. God said in verse 6, who have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness Toward us through Christ Jesus. You say, I don't understand that. Sure you do. I was good to a lot of people that my wife just thought adored. I tolerated it for her. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I didn't love everybody. Like she loved everybody, and she didn't love all of my friends like I did. But because I loved her and she loved me, we would just plain put it out, tolerated them, treated them nice. They never knew it. He said, That's hypocrisy. No, that's love. That's love. Christ put his love on me. Why I was still his enemy. Not anything I did. Number two, regeneration. That's a new life. Regeneration is the work by which God, the Holy Spirit, makes us spiritually alive. We just read that in Ephesians chapter 2, 4, 5, and 6. But now what's Verse 6 said, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, he created us. Then when it was time for us to be saved, he redid the job. You can't tell it on the outside, but you sure can tell it on the inside. That's what God does. He's, he's, he's such a wonderful, wonderful God who takes care of us when we are his enemy. It's hard to believe that I was ever an enemy of the Lord, but I was. I didn't take up for him when people was putting him down. I didn't know enough. But notice Notice something here. When we look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. When God said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, 
but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know what that verse always tells us? There's no way for you to be born again except through the word of God. This word who is written here on this book in letters, when God dealt with me, that word became what it was originally. See, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We see that. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, is such a beautiful outlay of how man can be saved and need to be saved. You need to study that. You need to, you know, probably forget the term, but we use, in English slice, we would take it and we would, you know, Break it down, you know. I hate it. I didn't even know what it was before I broke it down. But see, I have an Holy Spirit now that takes that word and breaks it down for me. But that's what we got to do. We got to realize that Christ is everything and we're nothing. Even though he gives us the air to breathe, Rest at night. Provide us with companions that will help us and love us and care for us. But we neglect the very giver of all of these gifts. One of my favorite verses in the book of John is John chapter 1 and verse 12 where God said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Take and break that verse down. But as many as receive him, not everybody will receive him. To them that received him, gave he the power to become the sons of God. You would never became the son of God if God did not give you the power to do so. That's why that you, if you're here this morning and lost, you ought to ask God every time you wake up, Lord, save me today. Draw me to you today. If you're already saved, I need the spirit of God to guide me, to keep me away from reading, seeing, listening, anything that will take me farther and farther away. He said, well, you'd be an awful lonely person. Oh, no. There's nothing like fellowship when you're fellowshipping with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I don't care who you, who you like to be around. It's nobody can take the place of fellowshipping with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. He'll give you comfort. He'll take away your pain without any pain medicine. He'll make you realize that you're something or he wouldn't have died for you. Whereas before we were physically alive but spiritually dead, now we are spiritually alive in Christ and potentially, or positionally, shall we say, dead in the flesh. 
See, if Christ made me alive, that means the part he made alive was dead, right? A lot of dead men walking around. They're just existing. That's why they're out on dope. That's why they're out on all this silly stuff that is going around, you know. And our government is backing it up, taking your taxpayer money and my taxpayer money to promote evil. Whereas before we were physically alive but spiritually dead, now we are spiritually alive in Christ and positionally dead to the flesh. Positionally, I'm dead. Notice with me, we'll show you. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 21. John 5, 21. God said, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickened them, even so the Son quickened whom he will. So it's off the top of your head, what doctrine? is being talked about here. It's election. Only God's elect will he ever quicken. And yet election can save nobody by itself, but it's part of the process. Everybody saved is saved because they heard the word, believed the word, and act upon the word. And that was not of their own but of something that God put in you, and that's the Spirit of God. Whereas before we were physically alive, but spiritually dead, but now it's just the opposite. You know, I'm spiritually alive, but my body is, is dead. It has no, God has no use for it, but except he has chose to let the new man live within the old man and to get the old man to portray what God once portrayed, the word is used to sanctify us. That sounds complicated, but it isn't. I've said this time and time again, that piano is sanctified. What does that mean? I don't want nobody coming in here uh, playing rock and roll on it. it. It may fall apart. It's sanctified. This auditorium is sanctified, set apart. We just don't say, don't do this or don't do that because we have the authority on, we think we have the authority, but what God has set apart we don't bring the world to. That's exactly what we, you know, if we get these terms, and they're not complicated, you know, you turn to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 13, God says this, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. 
See, when God saved me, he translated me into a new atmosphere. The world does not attract me like it did when I was part of the world. Now, when we profess to be saved, but we got one foot in the world and one foot in the spiritual world, we're confused. No, you're either not saved or you're, you haven't grown enough to say, hey, I've got to make a choice. And it's a matter of who you love. Who you love. We need to understand that. Number three, the indwelling. There's a new power. There's something in me that wasn't there until that Tuesday morning on US 25 on the way to work. People said, how do you know you were saved? And I was there. I was there. He saved me. But I'd been going to church at Grace Baptist Church down on Penn Avenue trying to prove Bill DeRoss is wrong. Even though I was studying the Word of God to prove my you know, potential pastor wrong, the truth does what it's supposed to do. You know what it'll do? It'll sanctify you. So, you know, I can tell by your lifestyle, I can tell by what you like and what you don't like, what you do and what you don't do, how deep you are in the Word of God. Because Christ says, sanctify them, sanctify them by thy Word. Remember, where did the Word come from? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We can't talk to Jesus orally but we talk to him every time we open his book up. I wonder what Christ would think about this. Look it up. All I had for a few years to study the Bible was with a concordance and a Matthew Henry commentary. If you don't know, Matthew Henry was a Presbyterian. Presbyterians believe a lot of things Baptists believe. But they just was absent the day the Spirit of God was teaching about the church. You know. But they had truth. So in dwelling new power in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, I tell you, Romans 8, 9, God said, For ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If I'm saved, and I am, and the word of God is true, it is. And the Holy Spirit is my guide. So my number one problem is don't get out of the will of God. Stay in the will of God so that you can read and study and the Spirit will teach you. And by the way, 
If I believe something, if I, I'll just pick out a scripture. I'm in Romans 8, so I'll just pick out Romans 8, 14. And I've got one view of Romans 8, 14. And Sister Linda's got another view of Romans 14. Who is right? Well, I can tell you right off the button that we both ain't right. But we both can be wrong. But both can't be right. The Holy Spirit only has one truth. What did Jesus say? I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. So it's indwelling new power. We need to realize just how powerful the one who lives in us truly, truly is. Notice John, Gospel of John, chapter 7. John 7, verse 37. God said here in John 7, verse 37, he said, In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood trying, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Water is what? It's symbolic of the word. And when we are in God's will and we study, we begin to understand. You know, remember the woman at the well? She was asked, do you understand? you understand what you read of? How can I understand? She was simply saying, how can I understand this? You and I should ask that same question. How come I can understand this? Because the Holy Spirit is in me and he will guide and lead me and interpret the word of God as long as I follow him. need to realize that. John 14, verse 17. Here in John, the 14th chapter and 17th verse, even the spirit of truth, notice here, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeketh him not Neither knoweth him, but we know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What did he say? He said, when I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. You know, he said, is it expedient, it's necessary that I go. But when I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. 
And if we're saved, every one of us that's saved has got the same spirit. Now, it, if he taught Henrietta one thing and taught Harold and Sue something else, he's being confusing. I mean, it's got to be right along that. He's got to teach us all the same thing. So what does that mean if I pick out a verse and I believe it means one thing and Linda believes in something else and Mike believes it's something else? You said all of us can be right. Figure that out for me. I ain't smart enough to understand that. The Spirit will not teach you error. I believe that God, when he saves a person, he saves them eternally. All Baptists believe in eternal security in the blood of all believers. Then another person says, I believe you can lose your salvation. Wrong spirit. See, things are not really complicated. It's just you take Scripture and let Scripture interpret Scripture. And that's what we need to do. We gifting a new purpose. That salvation, the Holy Spirit gives each of us a unique spiritual gift. And unique work to accomplish. See, God doesn't give us all the same ability because there's some people that just flat won't listen to your pastor. <laughs> I invited a lady over next challenge. She drives over here five days of work a day. And so I I said, do you go to church anywhere? And she said, no, but I need to really get back in church. I said, I'd like to invite you to the church I'd go to. I didn't tell her I was a pastor. I'd like to invite you to the church that I'd go to. Who's the Ameren Road Baptist Church? You know what the lady, she swallowed hard. And she said, no, I heard that preacher it's so narrow-minded, it would blow your mind. I said, well. I said, well, on behalf, on behalf of the Emerald Baptist Church, me, Pastor James T. Vance, would like to invite you. And she turned all red. I said, you don't have to get embarrassed. That's what you, if you take something because somebody said it, what if it was a lie? And by the way, it was a lie. But you're still welcome. And I'm so naive that I believe one day she'll walk through those doors. Because I'm not ashamed of what I preach or the way I preach. Lastly, sealing new destiny. Sealing is the work by which the Holy Spirit assures our eternal destiny. So as we close, let's go to the book of Ephesians and then we'll uh, let us break for worship service. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted after that he heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believe, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. You know, and I can't read that verse without, you know, all you women and men that can use you can that food and you wait for that little jar go pop, pop. I still see mom say, yeah, good one, good one, good one, good one. I've been sealed. You a good one? If you're sealed, that means hell and all his demons can't take your soul from you. That don't excite you, your, your wood's wet. Last scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, <coughs> Ephesians 4, 30. God said here, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now how do we grieve it? Verse 31 said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I've had had church members tell me hell would freeze over before I've forgive that person I didn't say it because I'm a nice person but I was thinking hell's going to freeze over before you enter heaven too if you don't (laughs) repent don't apologize for that statement at all if you realize what Christ had to forgive you of well but anyway Father, we thank you for this day.